Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Who, just a little moment of just being honest with each other, who here loves shopping? Just, just a show of hands, who loves shopping? Day off, 20 bucks in the wallets, like what can I buy for 20 bucks? Go and wander around the shops aimlessly. Okay, who despises shopping? Who just like, take me once every three years, I'll buy 14 shirts and that'll do me for the next little while. Right, I, I, please don't judge me in the next thing that I'm about to say, right? Because I don't want emails about me being an environmental vandal and all of that. But it took me a little while to get used to the plastic shopping bag ban. Anyone else with me? I always forget to take bags with me. I never think that far ahead. So I've spent a lot of 15 cent pieces, like 15 cents on bags from Coles and Woolies in the last year or so. I read somewhere that since the plastic bag, in the first three months, Since both Coles and Woolworths dropped plastic shopping bags, 1.5 billion shopping bags were saved from being handed out and ultimately going into the environmental landfill somewhere. So all that tells me is that we as people have a fascination and a national pastime that loves filling bags. Now, whether you love shopping or not, I guarantee at some point in the last week or two weeks, unless you've really organised it so someone does it for you, you've probably filled a bag with some things that you've taken home for yourselves. Most of us at some point, either ourselves or for someone on behalf of us, has filled a shopping bag. We've walked into a supermarket or a deli or a Audi or somewhere and we filled a shopping bag full of ourselves and we've wandered out to our car and taken it home and put that food on the table. I think we're all on that. Now, some of you here, this is what shopping looks like for you. You wander out with your one nice, neat shopping bag. You've done your shopping for the week. In there, you've got an avocado that you can put with some lemon juice and feta and spread it on your ciabatta bun for breakfast tomorrow morning. You thought you'd try the latest Jamie Oliver recipe, so you bought some fresh asparagus spears and you've got two pieces of grilled Atlantic salmon that you'll pick up from the fish market on the way home. You've got a cat that lives in the house and so you bought the vegan, grain-free, grass-fed beef and kangaroo sweet potato to feed your cat and you just thought for something special, you don't really like the taste of chlorine in the Brisbane water, so you've bought your weekly bottle of sparkling mineral water. Who shops like that? There's some of you here and I'm looking at you right now. In my family, we don't have the sparkling water, we just have like... Whose weekly shop looks more like this? The cheapest toilet paper, dog food, oranges, whatever you can feed your kids. You go in and you get it and you realise that that will probably just get you through lunches on Monday. Yeah, there's a few of us that shop like that. But my point is, we're all really good at filling bags full of food, they're gonna fill our stomachs. 
is something we do very well. Maybe that's not your kind of shopping. Maybe you're more the fashion kind of person. And so on your day off, you just love walking through the shops and you come home and you say to your husband or to your wife, I had a great day off today. I found some bargains. It saved us heaps of money. Who's tried that excuse? When you have a fistful of clothes like this, you have not saved money. I'll tell you how you save money. You go to our op shop. That's how you'll save money. You don't go to these stores because you won't save money. This is how I shop. I go to like, like Target or Kmart or Meyer occasionally once every two years. It's like, how many black t-shirts and pairs of jeans can I get for 50 bucks? Because I'll be sorted if that's the case. But others of you, you love going finding shoes. These have all come from the op shop that you can try on your feet. This is what it looks like when Justin Murray goes shopping, right? But once again, you love filling bags full of stuff for yourself. And anyone here with kids will know what this is like. Can I have a special? You kids don't know what a special is. Like we used to get a, a, like a seasonal special. Like here's your winter special, have a Mars bar off the shelf. Some of you kids think every time your parents go to the shops or the service station or drive past McDonald's that it's a special day and you deserve a special. Anyone, any parents here want to say amen? <laughs> and so you've got cupboards full of fluffy toys and all manner of stuff. Why? Because we're really good at filling bags full of things. Maybe you're not a bag filler. Maybe you are a box filler and your favourite pastime is going to Bunnings and you got sent there to get a mouse trap. But while you were there, you decided that the drain at the front of your house needs fixing, that there's a pipe that's problematic under your sink, that you think there's a door handle that's broken, that maybe there's a carrot in there. Maybe a soldering iron would be a good investment for the future in case you ever need to replace that light on your trailer. Who loves going to Bunnings and filling boxes? Yeah, here's my point. We're all really, really good at filling bags for ourselves. 1.5 billion from two major supermarkets. It's a national pastime. You know why we do it? Because one of the ways we care for ourselves is we make sure that there's food on our table, we make sure that there's clothes that we can wear, we make sure that our houses are maintained so we've got great shelter. I think this is part of, the, part of the life that God wants for us is all of those things. This isn't about throwing all of that out. The point is if we spend our whole life just filling bags for ourselves, we've missed a little bit of the point. You go to the Scriptures and uh, in, in different parts of the Scriptures, they talk to this whole idea of fasting. It's interesting when we're talking about food to talk about fasting. But fasting for centuries, for, for millennia, has been a spiritual discipline that people have employed. And the Bible talks about fasting. And fasting is the idea of going without something so that you can actually have a more significant time of focusing on something different. In other words, it's a statement to God of, I'm actually gonna go without physical food to remind myself that I'm fully dependent on you. So for millennia, people have fasted and had seasons where they've gone without so they can spend time in prayer and seeking God for things. But fasting, like many spiritual practices, can become something that is really self-seeking. 
And the Bible talks a lot about the idea of people that chose to fast as a way of almost puffing out their chest and letting everybody else know, look how spiritual I am, I'm going without food today. And so they would come to work on the day of their fast and they're still wearing their pyjamas and their hair's not done and they haven't put makeup on and you know, coffee time comes and they just tell everybody that they're on a fast. And everyone's looking at them going, man, you need some food, you need, no, 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 this is a day that I've dedicated to the Lord, I'm fasting today. And so they announce to everybody that they're going without food. The Bible in numerous places says, if that's what you want, if all you want the fast to be is something that tells everybody else that you're more spiritual than the rest of them, that's your reward, the applause of men. See, the Bible tells us if we fast, get up, take a shower, comb your hair, brush your teeth, put on a smile and don't let anyone know what's happening because fasting's not about getting the applause of others. It's actually about an encounter and interaction with God. But if you go back to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is an Old Testament book in the Scriptures and Isaiah was a prophet. He spoke the words of God to the people. And at one point, the people are groaning because they're fasting and they're saying, you know, Isaiah, we're fasting, but God's not listening to our prayers. I mean, we're going without food for the sake of telling God that we need His help, yet we pray and nothing happens. And Isaiah challenges them in this passage that I want to read to you this morning because he says, you know what? You've actually turned fasting into another way of trying to fill your own bag. See, we can even turn spiritual disciplines into the desire to fill our own bag. In other words, God, if I go without for you, I want you to fill things up for me. And we do it all the time. Some of us do it not through fasting, but through prayer. We don't pray for 12 months and something goes wrong and suddenly we're at the prayer meeting and we're praying and a week later we're like, God doesn't care about me, He hasn't answered my prayers. God says, it's not just about coming to me so I fill your bag. Let me tell you about what a true fast looks like. I'm gonna read a little passage that Isaiah writes to the people. It's in Isaiah 58. I'm gonna read it from what's called a message paraphrase. It's like a, a modern rendering of the Scriptures. And this is what God says through Isaiah. He says this, this is the kind of fast day that I'm after. You wanna know what I'm looking for when you fast? This is what I'm after. To break the chains of injustice, to get rid of exploitation in the workplace and free the oppressed and cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is this, sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad and being available to your own families. Do this and then the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. And what God says is, if all you do in your relationship with me is seek to fill your own bag, you've missed the point. You know what I want my people to be? I want my people to be people that fill bags for others. And that's what Thanksgiving Day is all about. I love looking out here today, seeing a whole sea of bags of red sitting under people's seats ready to go because you had the chance to go and actually fill a bag that's not gonna fill your stomach or put clothes on you or do something to better your life or your house or add more comfort to your world. You filled a bag and there was some sacrifice in that so that someone else could be blessed. And if we wanna know what faith looks like, faith isn't about getting all your words right or your theology right or about having everybody else thinking that you're a really spiritual person. Faith looks as much like the action of feeding people, clothing people, looking after the homeless, the hungry, the broken, the oppressed as anything else that we do. 
Now, I hope as a church and I hope as individuals, we're not people that just decide that it's days like today that we fill bags for others. I wanna encourage you, if you're a believer in Jesus or if you're not, you might be here this morning just working out whether you believe even a God exists. Give it a go. Because the Bible tells us that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I know one thing in my own life, and I've seen it through many, many of you, that when you start to adopt a lifestyle of giving generosity, something transforms in you. And if you wanna know what our church stands for and who we wanna be together, this isn't just about making our world better. This is about us together filling bags for others, sometimes filling bags for each other. Because this isn't just about our community out there, this is about our community in here. None of us know what tomorrow holds or next week holds and when we're gonna be the one that needs someone else to fill a bag for us. Let's be those people. There's a great, uh, some of the ministries we've spoken about this morning is one of the ways we coordinate as a church to try and fill the bag for our community. We've talked about on-track ministry. On-track used to be essentially a food pantry where people that needed food, weren't able to afford food or feed their kids could come in and we'd fill a red bag. The red bags you give today go out to people. There's Gateway Baptist Church red bags and houses everywhere. But they'll go out filled with food this year to people that are just doing it tough. But our food pantry has morphed into a ministry called on-track because we believe what God's called us to do isn't just to give out Handouts. It's actually to journey with people and say, you know what? We wanna make sure you got food on your table tonight, but we actually wanna also help you get your life back on track so that next month or in six months time, you don't have to keep coming back for us to give you food because we wanna help lift you out of some of the circumstances that have brought you to us in the first place. And it's a great chance to minister to people in their moment of need. You know, everything that you give today is gonna go on some shelves that's stored at our Mackenzie campus and is gonna go out in red bags to people that we minister to through our On Track program. If you wanna know more about On Track, I'm gonna get her to stand. She's part of our congregation, but she leads the On Track ministry for all of Gateway. Deb, even as down here, would love to talk to you later about where that food's gonna go and how it's gonna be used. But you might like to volunteer and be involved in On Track. We also have an op shop. We've spoken about it already. We've got one down here at Blank Street. There's one set up at our Mackenzie campus. And it's about putting quality clothing and helping families. I, as I said to you before, our family budget's tight. Five kids trying to clothe them all, feed them all, do everything that we need to. The op shop has been a blessing to my family as I know it will be to many of yours. But we also this year have had over 100 people every month walk through that space that have no contact with our church that we've just been able to connect with, minister to, and some just really bless them through some great quality clothing that many of you have donated. And we believe that this is actually being the practical hands and feet of Jesus. is isn't just saying that we should love one another, it's actually being practical about how we love. We've also got our Gateway Counselling and Wholeness Centre. Uh, it's been established at Mackenzie for many years, kicked off last year here in Ormo in a smaller capacity. And today, in a small capacity launches at our Redlands campus as well. And it's about connecting people in their moment of great need with some people that have professional skills that can walk through whether issues of mental illness, family breakdown, marriage, trauma, grief, whatever it is. We actually wanna help people walk through those significant seasons of life to do it well and to know that they're not alone. See, that's part of how we together are blessing our community. But all of us every day individually can decide that we're gonna be the kind of people that don't fill our bag for ourselves, but also fill it for others at the same time. Let me just finish with one last story. 
The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about people that had an encounter with Jesus. And there's this crazy encounter that Jesus has with a man. It's told, you know, the Scripture story is told in Luke chapter 8. You can go home and read it in its entirety later. But it says that Jesus had gone with His disciples to a place called the Gerasenes. And there was a man that lived in the Gerasenes that the Bible tells us was filled with our demons. Like there was a spiritual issue for this man. So much so that he was an absolute mess. And the Scripture tells us this. I'll just pick up a little bit of the story from Luke chapter 8. It says this, They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. And when Jesus stepped ashore, He was met by a demon-possessed man from town. And for a long time, this man had not worn any clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, what do you want from me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? You know, it's interesting when people are really broken, they reach out to the one that can minister most deeply to them. What do you want from me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. Many times it seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven into solitary places. This was a really, really broken man. His circumstances were dire. He was breaking the chains. He was so broken. He was isolated from those that loved him. I'm sure he was the guy that everyone knew of and told your kids, don't go out there because that guy lives out there. He was naked running around the cemetery. He was broken. He was abandoned. He was isolated. He was hungry. He had no clothes. He had no food. This is as broken as you get. But Jesus doesn't shy away from us in the midst of our brokenness. I know many of you and our stories don't rival the level of the brokenness that this man in the Gerasenes had, but many of us carry our own brokenness. And guess what the good news is for every single one of us here today? Jesus ministers to us in our brokenness. And so Jesus went where most others wouldn't go and actually went and stood with this man and spoke to him and dealt with the deep spiritual reality in his life. So that Jesus freed him from all that had engulfed his life. But here's the passage that I love, right at the end, in verse 35, it says this, when those tending the pig saw what happened, they ran off and reported to the town and the countryside. In other words, Jesus does a miracle and, and this guy is released. And people saw it and ran back into town to say, you would not believe what happened with the guy that's living out in the tombs. And it says, the people went out to see what happened. And when they came to Jesus, listen to this, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. See, when God does something in us, it's not just a spiritual work that He does in us. It's something that transforms every aspect of our life. And when this man was transformed, guess what? Everything was transformed in him. It wasn't just the spiritual reality, it was the practical reality. I imagine the story doesn't tell us this, but I imagine he was able to go and find employment. He was able to live back in town amongst the community again. He was able to engage with others. He knew what it was to eat and to wear clothes. You see, this is what Jesus does for us. His love for us doesn't just address the spiritual realities through His people, it addresses the practical realities in our life. But that doesn't just happen by God clicking His fingers. You know how that happens? By God's people actually taking very seriously His Word that tells us that if you really wanna live the kind of religion that God cares about, learn to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, put the homeless in shelter, minister to the broken and the oppressed, 
minister to the poor. In church, we just don't wanna be people that minister to people spiritually to talk them about God and help them answer their questions about who God is. Sometimes the first step in someone having their life transformed is when in their moments of greatest needs, someone walks in with a bag filled of something that isn't for themselves, but is a gift to their brokenness. That's what Thanksgiving Day is all about. That's why we as a church will unapologetically invite people to be generous, invite people to serve, invite anyone who wants to come through our doors to be here. There's no rules that bring you here because every one of us has our own story. Every one of us is in need of the love and the ministry of Jesus. Let's be that church. Why don't you pray with me this morning? God, for all of us here today that fill bags for ourselves, I wanna thank You that we get to be able to do that. For those of us here today that have the means to feed ourselves and clothe ourselves and you know, live in shelter and educate our kids and all those things, God, that are Your gifts to us, I wanna thank You that we have the capacity to do that. But God, I wanna pray that we would never get so comfortable in our own story, in our own life, that we would fail to take up our responsibility as Your people to minister that same thing to those in need, those that are broken, those whose life circumstances have just gone ways that they never would have imagined. God, I wanna pray that the light of this church would shine so brightly, not as we just speak Your Word into people's lives, but as they see it experienced through our practical love and support, not just of each other, but for anybody that we come in contact with. Lord, today, as we bring a generous gift together, I wanna pray that every item of clothing, every tin of fruit, every bottle of shampoo, every nappy that is bought would be a blessing to those that receive it. And that as they do, that the Name of Jesus might be lifted high in our community. We pray these things in Jesus' Name, Amen. Come on church, let's jump up on our feet this morning. Here is your chance to respond. If you came today and you had no idea what we were doing, please don't feel worried about what's about to go on. We, it's absolutely just something we invite people to be part of. But if you've come prepared, you filled a bag, whether it's a red bag or not, and you wanna bring it this morning, I encourage you as the band's ministering to us through song, why don't you start moving from where you are today and bring, let's just fill this front space with our bags this morning. They'll get sent up to the care centre, they'll get sent to our op shops and they'll bless people in need. Why don't as you bring it, why don't you come with your family? If you're here with a family, if you're here with someone else, why don't you come together? Involve, parents, involve your kids in this. Bring them down, bring your gift. Why don't you just pause together and just pray. Just pray a blessing over the things that you give, that God would use them to minister deeply to broken people. Thanks guys. Why don't you start moving right now? We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.